thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Lovely listeners, welcome back to another great episode of Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And today we have something really special for you. We've actually uh, sourced out an incredible guest speaker today, and she's known as the pioneer of Yoni Power and uh, describes herself as a spiritual director, life empowerment mentor, and a certified holistic health coach, along with being a speaker, a writer, a tantric practitioner. A Reiki master, this woman has so many skills and assets that we can't possibly tell you where to start when you you look into her and find out more. But we're talking very much about the wonderful Elise Carr. She's the founder of StellaMuse.com and is a guest, a regular guest on radio and print media, um, not to mention just being a fantastic human being. And we're really, really honoured and excited to have a chat to her today because we think we can bring to you today something really interesting about how to embrace your, your more divine feminine and um, powers and Elise really is an expert in this area so we'd love to introduce you to Elise. Say hi Elise to our listeners. Hello ladies and thank you and Ashley for having me on. It's wonderful to be here and, and sharing this exciting and empowering work with all the listeners who are tuning in with us right now. Absolutely. Look, we're, we're known as wellness women because we like to present topics that we feel are helping to broaden the knowledge and the experience and the understanding women have, not just about their health and well-being, but also about themselves on a mental, emotional and spiritual level. And we feel today you're the perfect person to chat to, to help uh, our listeners open up to some of these areas of their own mental and emotional well-being that they may not yet be in touch with. And we think you can help guide them into that. So I'd love you to tell us a little bit about um, what it is you do for women and how you help them break through the the cloud that they may have in their life such an awesome question and i'm so pleased you mentioned about the energetic side of things and and the emotional side of things because we often get really overwhelmed with the physical side of things and the thing is as a holistic practitioner we have to take into account the whole spectrum so a lot of my work which i'm really passionate about starts with an energetic level and that's helping women come into their full bloom, to real empowerment on, yes, a physical level, and yes, working through the emotions, but starting off with the energy. If something's not right in a certain part of your body, perhaps, that's a really great place to start. And often with women, we find that those key areas are in the breasts, which connect to the heart, and in the yoni, which is the second chakra or second energy center. And this also connects to our creativity and our money, our power, a lot of things that we don't even realize. And that's where obviously our relationships stem from, our corporate or our professional world, a whole spectrum, I suppose, of of ourselves is within these two areas. So they're probably my most favorite and also the most common areas for women to want to work through. Lisa, I love that you have just mentioned those two really essential parts of our body. Um, Can you just tell us, for those of our listeners who actually don't know what the yoni is, can you just uh, go into that, please? For sure. So the yoni is uh, an ancient Sanskrit word, and it literally means uh, the place of enlightenment, as Buddha referred to it once as. But really, most people think it's just the womb, when in actual fact, it's the entire female sexual reproductive area. So from the outside of your vulva, what you can see when you're standing all in your glory, naked in front of a mirror, 
right inside the vaginal canal and your ovaries, fallopian tubes, and, and yes, of course, the womb as well. So it's that entire female sexual reproductive space that when I refer to as, as the yoni, I'm talking about. Thanks, Elise. And you have done so much and your you know, list of um, your accomplishments is absolutely incredible. But I would love to know, how did you actually get into really discovering your own divine feminine power and you know, being known as the feminine trailblazer? And how does this sort of communicate into the work that you do? I'd say probably when I came out of the womb is when I started. <laughs> I, yeah, great answer. I, <laughs> in a nutshell, I, uh, I have a lot of reverence for the, the leading lady in my life, which is my mother, and, and she's extremely supportive and uh, very open-minded into my desire to explore. And it wasn't that I was a, a young child who was all about exploring, you know, my own sexuality even or exploring my, my own yoni, anything like that. Like some girls are really passionate about what have I got here? <laughs> I was less like that and, and more about connecting with the divine and the sense of mother nature and being out in the elements. And now that I look back in hindsight, that was when it all started, having this deep reverence for, for the earth you know, where we actually came from. So that's how it started, but I didn't really realise that until many years later. It, it really just felt like it was innate and, and a part of what everyone did until I realised, no, that's not what everyone does. But it really makes a difference when we do have that deep connection, that deep reverence for the earth and, and can connect, especially, let's say, on a fundamental level, like grounding. Absolutely. So things like that are, you know, essential. And yeah, we absolutely agree with you there because we know that for thousands of years, women, you know, worship their yonis. And then we moved into an age of patriarchal, you know, leadership. And that really changed our experience of womanhood. Um, and I feel as though in the last couple of decades, we're really starting to see a swing back towards women absolutely embracing their own individual powers and striving to reach the highest levels in their potential and their, their birth missions for the world. And clearly you're embracing your birth mission, which is to get out there and to speak to women about this. So I'd love you to explain, because I think for a lot of women in practice, we get questions all the time, you know, can Reiki help me? Could, could, should I go and see someone who, who's good at Reiki? Or, and it's hard sitting in a health practitioner seat to be unanimous about saying yes, no, yes, no, we always say, look, whatever feels right for you, it's worth exploring. And tell us a little bit about how Reiki falls into your practice scope and how you help women through Reiki. Sure. So, I mean, just for a background, people aren't even aware of what Reiki is. It's, it's known as a spiritual medicine often for all illness. Now, when we say illness, we're talking about imbalances, prevention, detoxifying and, and purifying. So it's also ideal for stress reduction and, and to promote healing on a physical, emotional, mental and spiritual level. And I also say on a sexual level. So as a Reiki master teacher, I am, I'm trained in, in the older school of Reiki and that's under the lineage of, of the founder and system creator, which is Mikao Sui. So I work as literally a divine source or, or spirit, as you say, kind of, being a channel, that's what can flow through me, which kind of sounds a bit strange. But you know, even just when you rub your own hands together and you create heat, that can be energy. That can be the divine universe working through you. So in a simple form, I'm just, I guess, the, the channel for the energy to come through. And using this as a form of energy to help women in all different guises, depending on where they're at, it really is very case sensitive. But let's say, as an example, I've had ladies who have come to me who have had miscarriages and 
being able to assist them using Reiki, also using my intuition and and my healing energy, energy and medicine that I combine with as well, it allows us to work on that foundation level without having to sit there and have, let's say, a coaching or an actual conversation, which can be really painful, really confronting. Women are, or women, or men too, for that matter, are able just to sit back, relax in a safe comforting environment and allow their body to speak for them because often what we find is that the body's silenced we don't listen to our own body neither do we often go out and let's say work with a practitioner or in this case a reiki master who can assist us in getting our bodies to talk and creating a space where we're allowing ourselves and our bodies to talk so in that sense starting from the energy and and giving it some space and room, the emotions are able to come up, there may be tears, there may be laughter, there can be a whole myriad of emotions and then it's from there that that kind of falls over, spills over, you know, like an overflowing cup into making physical changes. So we're working at the root here instead of just tackling the physical and perhaps finding a Band-Aid solution. That's why I find this kind of work and, and my whole healing in general when I have different clients is it's really dynamic, very unique, but so effective when we get to work with the root and really provide an opportunity for the body to speak. Yeah, that's fascinating. And Elise, how did you get into Reiki in the first place? I started doing my first level when my mum was training for her Reiki and she invited me to come along. I must have been about 17, I'd say, when I first started. And obviously, I completed my master's uh, in my late 20s. So it was a very long time. You have to do a lot of work in between before you can go to the next stage, things like that. But as soon as she mentioned it, I was like, whatever it is, I want to do it. This sounds fabulous. I get to be able to be, I guess, a uh, halfway, I could, I could almost like a go-between, I suppose, between the universe and being of assistance and being of service and helping people. And also back then it was, you know, one of the ways I was able to help myself. And I still do it now. I give myself right here every night. You know, it's it's something that the body just loves, like we love sunshine, that like we love fresh air, that like we love natural clean water. So keeping the energy in your body as clear as possible in general is fabulous. And for me personally, the practitioner, it's imperative. Because I want to be the clearest channel to be the greatest service to my clients. Yeah, I love that. And what sort of experience would women have if they were to have a Reiki session? For some people, it's just an absolute opportunity to bliss out and feel completely relaxed. For others who are very flighty and scattered in their mind, they just feel really present and actually back in their body, a sensation of, I'm here, I'm, I'm in the now, I'm not at the office, I'm not worried about these, I'm not worried about past or future. Other people, it can be to the point of having an emotional release. If something's been built up and suppressed, let's say, you know, a trauma they've held in a certain part of their body as a memory, because we hold our biology and our biography together, right? So memories cannot be in our brain, but in different parts of our bodies, like let's say we hold trauma in our yoni space. So being able to let that go, it will shift your entire life dynamic. It might even go to the point of you wanting to change your job. It might positively benefit your relationship with your child or your partner, let alone yourself. So I've had amazing experience with women, you know, using this and, and a couple of sessions or sometimes just one to actually shape-shift the path of their lives. It can be that dynamic. And yet for others, as I said, it can just be just a simple almost reboot or rebalance. 
Absolutely. Look, I guess, you know, for us as health practitioners, we work in a space where we've um, got very present about the science and the art in which we engage with. And this is beautiful for us to hear from a practitioner who can, you know, indulge fully into the emotional space because uh, we were very well aware that in the medical practices, uh, we facilitate placebo effect all the time. And when we mentioned placebo, we're talking about creating a space of, of healing to allow a person to believe in their own ability to heal themselves and it, it, thus, you know, bringing in that incredible internal ability for the body to self-repair and, and self-heal. Yes. And this is, this is such a big element of that. And there's so many you know, neuroemotional links to things that, like you just mentioned, that neuroemotional link from memories and the hippocampus all the way through to, you know, areas of the body actually att- attaching those memories and those possibly traumas or pleasures to certain areas of the body. That's really fascinating. So absolutely. We probably would love you to so you've just mentioned Yoni and, and going into that space. How do you bring that into then the the tantra practices that you teach? Because I think for a lot of listeners, as soon as you mention the word tantra, and it was certainly for me for a long time as well, because um I would say I'm I've grown up in a house, not prudish, but very uh, probably conditioned to be self-respectful. And that would be in my definition of that, you know, not indulgent in some of those, you know, deeper sexual desires or, or engaged in those energies. And yet Tantra is not smutty. It's not, you know, um, opening up to uh, sexual urges and throwing yourself about town, is it? No, not from the belief system that I come from. And I came from the ancient traditional background. Often when we see, let's just say, sexual sexual positions or we hear about orgasms going for hours, that's very much a, a lower echelon style of tantra that really shouldn't be given the name tantra. So unfortunately, the Western world, we kind of misconstrue what tantra is. And literally, it's a way of life. The actual word tantra means to weave, to expand consciousness. It's the merging of sexuality, yes, but with spirituality. And it's a practice that I've committed to and, and I honour and, and teach. So this is beyond Kama Sutra and sexual positions, far beyond that. It really embodies spiritual ecstasy and ideally transcendence. That's our aim. So we're going from, let's say, the yoni space, that, that lower energy realm of it, yes, being a sexual connection, but taking that energy, bring it into our heart space, right, which happens, with, you know, for women to be between the breasts, so really powerful dynamic space for us right there. And then take the next level, which is the highest form of tantra, we're bringing it to consciousness, bringing it to our third eye, bringing it to something greater than us, and that's the ultimate pursuit, to connect with what is greater than us. And hence we come full circle back, you know, to, to my initial deep reverence and connection with the earth, with the universe, with, with everything. And Elisa, so, that sounds lovely. And for our listeners maybe who've never heard of Tantra before or only associated with maybe something like, you know, the Kama Sutra, practically what would being, uh, you know, practising Tantra, what would that look like? Well, it's very much case sensitive. So it depends what, let's say we're just talking about a, a women's session in a fully clothed, safe environment. I don't offer gentle stimulation or gentle touch, but I could instruct on props how a woman may like to explore herself, explore her yoni. But otherwise, it could be something like reawakening her connection to her sensual and sexual desire. It could be learning the correct breathing and tantric breathing, so she's actually moving energy around her body, understanding how to cultivate different energies in the body, or learn the power of the jade egg, which is an ancient practice that 
that benefits women on so many levels. It's if you haven't heard of the jade egg, it literally is a small egg-shaped piece of jade that we tie a string or perhaps some non-wax dental floss around and you insert that into the yoni space, into the vaginal canal. Now, we often hear about PC squeezes and Kegel exercises. This takes that to the next level whilst also allowing the jade, which is a healing stone, to heal that space. So we're getting the benefits of, yes, you're squeezing your vaginal muscles, so there's tightening and getting more sensation and pleasure in the area, which can lead to, yes, greater orgasms and a more intimate experience with a partner when you're making love to yourself. But in other areas, it can help with incontinence. It can help you just have a deep reverence and connection for your body temple. Also teach you different ways of of breathing and working with your sexual energy beyond sex, beyond orgasm and moving into more sensuality and an energetic and emotional level because we really need to explore stagnation in our body because stagnation, as I mentioned, can be energetic, it can be emotional, it can also be physical. So this can help us using just a simple tool, which is the jade egg, to move around this energy that may have been causing us pain or trauma. Women who have had miscarriages or who can't conceive, who have had painful periods, who have had cysts on their, on their ovaries perhaps, all different physical issues like that can also be healed in some ways or let's say assisted in many ways by using this jade egg. And what would this look like, uh, say, with uh, a woman and her partner to be, say, practicing some of the tantra principles um, with that connection? And, you know, I know you mentioned some of the breathing techniques and things like that. Practically, what would that look like? Well, for couples, this is about embarking on a sacred journey together. For many, it's about reigniting the magical spark of the relationship and creating a whole new depth of unconditional love and intimacy and consciousness, I said, through a tantric connection and tantric lovemaking. So, you know, elements that you might explore as a couple and, and what I love to share with my couple clients during a session is something like awakening and, and deepening their connection through learning deep levels of intimacy and exploring any stagnant areas that are blocking them like perhaps one partner feels unheard because one's really dominant you know so it's also acting as a tantric counselor or coach in this level as much as it's giving them practical you know physical joy work I call it not my work that they can take away and work on you know, which is sacred lovemaking techniques and how they can work on their sensual touch and strengthening their communication from a place of non-judgment, deep listening and reverence. You know, as much as it's about integrating sexuality and spirituality and, and breath work, soul connection techniques so they can really go from just having, let's say, sex where it's friction and the woman may or may not have a clitoral orgasm and the guy may last a few minutes to being able to stop before you reach that exciting point, slow down, learn the actual tantric breathing techniques to kind of ride the wave. And instead of it being a peak and a drop with an orgasm, we have a, a slowing down point right before you get to that exciting orgasmic moment where you can just ride the wave a little bit, take it a bit easy, let the sexual tension lower before it mounts again and you go up on another wave and stop again. And you can go up and like pretty much up in a little plateau, up in a little plateau for quite some time before you actually choose to either have an orgasm or perhaps you're beyond even desiring that. It's really more about the journey with your partner, with your beloved. And, and sure. that's a big part of 
Yes. And I'm sure so many women are loving this notion of really connecting with their partners on that level. Uh, Elise, what kind of instructions or advice would you give to some of our listeners who maybe this is the first time they've heard of Tantra? What one practical step could they start to incorporate at home now with their partner um, just to kind of possibly explore whether or not this is something that they might like to include uh, in their connection? For sure. One of the most important fundamental elements of Tantra is intimacy. And we break that down to into me, I see. And the way we connect is through the eyes. We've often heard that the eyes are the window to the soul. And this is absolutely true. So even if you want to be fully clothed and you could do it in your lounge room, or perhaps you have undressed in front of each other and and you're sitting knee to knee on your bed and you've got some candles on and some music, create a beautiful temple-like sacred environment that makes you both feel, you know, romantic or sensual or sexy, whatever it is, or maybe it's just safe. And you sit there in front of your beloved and look into their eyes. Now, for some people, this is like, oh, my gosh, it's actually like I'm being seen. And even though you want it, you might start laughing. And that's okay. You just need to ride the wave, go through it, hang in there, and stay with it. Keep holding that gaze and start to actually see that person in front of you for being a reflection of yourself. Start actually connecting with their soul. Start looking deeper into what they are as opposed to who you see them to be externally. And that is a beautiful place to come from because you'll find when you really see something who they are, that spark of love can be reignited or if not, just made stronger. That's beautiful, Elise. I think um, how would you recommend someone, let's just say, you know, you, there's a partner who's hearing this and really wants to explore their own centeredness but also bring their partner into the fold. How do you find in couples when someone wants to bring a partner into the equation, how do you get them to get that partner involved who might have a little bit of resistance or a little bit of, you know, like, oh, that's just, you know, fluffy, la, la, or that? Because there's a lot of that. You know, a lot, a lot of times people find it very difficult to invite a partner in on their journey, isn't there? Especially if you're talking to men about the concept of possibly withholding orgasm. Sure. <laughs> How do you get well, around sounds, that? That sounds terrible, doesn't it? It's actually, it's not, so they're holding it as such. They're, they're internalising it. So they're actually getting kind of an amplified 100 times effect by bringing the orgasm up their spine into like, their body so as opposed the to ejaculating. Yeah, so they're just not ejaculating, but they're having a greater orgasm. Don't worry about that. So, so the selling point for us then, our listeners, we say, look, hey, darling, um, we're going to, you know, we're going to go and learn about some things, but the cool thing is you're going to have like an absolutely maxed out amplified orgasm and that's a really cool thing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's helpful because I think it it is challenging, um, particularly because a lot of women who listen to us are on their own personal journey. They're, they're kind of trying to understand, explore, not just their own, you know, center, emotional, spiritual levels, but their physical, you know, we talk often about menstrual cycles and things that they may not have explored on a scientific level as to how these things occur in the body and then we fold in a beautiful episode like this with you, which is more than bringing that science and all of the you know pathophysiology of all the conditions and pulling it together with the mental emotional connect, which is what you're you know sharing with our listeners today. Um, what other things would you, I guess, for women who are, are looking at trying to understand themselves better or to get um, more connected, what would you recommend that they do, and, and how can you help them? A woman needs to be connected with herself first and foremost. 
it's it's far more important to start there than it is to start thinking externally and how am I going to have a better relationship with my child, how am I going to have a better relationship with my partner, boss, whatever. So starting with yourself, and that's why I love talking about my favourite threesome, which should be your favourite threesome too, which is with self, with spirit, and then with your tribe. So what I'm saying here is this is an investment in you. So these are non-negotiable little investments, relationships, whatever you want to term them. So the first one with yourself is that every single day in some way you need to do something for you. Now, this for some people may sound absolutely absurd and for others they're like, bring it on. I want to devote as much time as I can to me. So find what fits. Perhaps for you it's five minutes and it's having a cup of tea and it's sitting there not doing anything else, not Instagramming, not trying to schedule a meeting, you know, really sitting there being present and checking in. How am I feeling? What do I need right now? You know, and, and starting once again, that conversation with your body, with your heart, with your yoni, whatever it is, but ideally not in the mind because we're up there all the time, right? Absolutely. So that's your first, yeah, exactly. We all relate to that. And we all get so, stuck in that uh, busy day-to-day that we st- yeah. don't actually stop and check in. That's really powerful, Liz. What are some of the other, the other two that you mentioned? So the next is your connection with spirit. Now, for everyone, this is different, whether, you know, you believe in the goddess or God or Buddha or the universe, whatever it is, it's that which is greater than us. And for some people, it's sitting on a meditation cushion and, and really being present, being mindful or doing a yoga class, or maybe it's being out in nature and it's, it's having a swim in the ocean. But like the first relationship with self, both of these two need to be done on your own. And something every day, whether you can carve out an hour or it's five minutes, but they are non-negotiable two relationships that you need to invest in before you get to the third. The third is when your beloved, your husband, your best girlfriend or partner or your children or child, that's when they then step into this. And the reason why we say this, it's just like on an airplane when that oxygen mask falls down. You put it on yourself first because you need to be of the greatest service. You need to be in a great condition to look after, to assist, to care for, to guide, to mentor, whatever it is that you do, whatever hat you're wearing at that time. So look after those two relationships with self and spirit and then you are coming from a place of, of fullness, of completeness, so you're much happier to serve because often sometimes when we neglect ourselves for a long time, we're not coming from a place of unconditional love. We're almost, you know, resentful or frustrated or bitter and it may be at ourselves but then we may project that onto our loved ones. So looking after you is actually a gift for everyone who's also in your tribe. And that's part of the best relationship ever, the best threesome ever. Yeah, that's incredible. And that's absolutely something we talk about a lot, you know, releasing these negative self-judgments and limiting beliefs and trying to remove some of the the shame about yourself or your body. So getting in touch with yourself first before, you know, actually having that self-love as first and foremost before you have any energy left to give love to others um and that's incredibly powerful and obviously you're doing some great work with women in that area because the feedback and the uh the testimonials you have are just incredible and you know hats off for someone who's dedicating themselves to really this audience who needs that help in that space because like you said years and years of giving to others can leave women empty 
And it has done. And I love it because, you know, before you mentioned also that, you know, we had, and we still do, right, this incre- you know, incredible and intense sensation of patriarchy and this suppression of the divine feminine. And I'm not talking about men and women as such. I'm really talking about feminine and masculine because the reality is we have both within us. We have masculine energy and we have feminine energy. And as women, we have even suppressed our own divine feminine and collectively it has also been suppressed for us. So now more than ever, we have to allow that to flourish. We have to start listening to that and tapping into it. As do men, they need to allow some more of their feminine nature to come through. You know, the nurturing, the listening, the creating instead of all this doing because we think somehow if we don't do, we're not succeeding. If we don't do, we're, we're not enough. You know, this whole concept of not enough is huge. So it's about shifting that perspective and to do that, it's really about coming back to divine feminine and that's how we become empowered women and men. Elisa, I wholeheartedly wholeheartedly agree. And what would be your top five tips to really help women to maybe get in touch with that divine feminine part of themselves? What things can they sort of integrate into their life right now that would help them to sort of awaken that? The first is to get in touch with themselves. And I say that physically, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, you name it. They can do that initially by tapping into themselves. And if it doesn't feel right, perhaps, to connect with their yoni, then do it with their heart. And a simple exercise they can do right now is both hands on the heart, closing the eyes down, taking a few moments and speaking to the heart or whatever space it is and saying, what do you need me to know right now? You're inviting that part of you to open up and share. Because as I mentioned, we don't connect enough with those other parts of ourselves. You can do this with Yoni absolutely as well because there's a lot of trauma that's there and we don't even realise what trauma is. There can be something that's horrific to someone and then it doesn't mean anything to someone else. So it's very unique. It could be a comment that was said to you when you are a little girl. It could be a relationship that you actually really didn't heal you just, like, you know, shoved at the back of the closet, which happens to be the bottom of, of your womb, perhaps. So we need to also have the strength to take ownership of our lives, of our choices, and start looking at things from the perspective of, okay, I went through this horrific ordeal, but now I need to start seeing the gift. But before you can get to that, you've got to work through it, whether it means choosing to do that on your own or getting some guidance or support And from that space, the other practical tool that I love women and men to understand is the power of forgiveness. We don't acknowledge this enough. To me, this is the biggest F word. (laughs) You know, it, it literally is the dirty unspoken F word because a lot of people don't believe in it. They don't believe how powerful it is for them personally to forgive another and themselves. And that's where big work happens, huge work across the board of of my healing and my coaching and tantra, forgiveness comes up all the time. And whether you need someone to assist you with this or whether you can do it yourself, you know, if there's a relationship that really is still somehow, you know, triggered, as people say, which I just say is unresolved issues that you haven't let go of, if it's still there, you need to bring that person to mind, you know, and say everything that you want to say because obviously you didn't at some stage. Do everything that you wish you could have, should have, would have done. Get it out of you and then forgive their soul. Looking into their eyes to forgive their soul because the reality is, you know, they served a purpose in your life and because you're so unforgiving, you actually aren't giving yourself the opportunity to see the gift in that. Forgiving them 
lets them free and forgiving yourself lets you free and you're no longer giving away your energy you're no longer disempowering yourself because that's what it is it's like a power plug suck you know sucking energy from you and giving it to them to me that's real vampirism right life force energy gone definitely and that's and that's also true to um state situations where those people or that person may not be in your life any longer um, on a physical sense. They may have passed on and, and incredible how much energy, pain and baggage women can carry with themselves over, you know, broken uh, and mental, emotional states through their relationship with others. And obviously, like you said, forgiveness is an enormous word. It is. Yeah. And I'm just, it's wonderful you touched on that today because it's something we haven't touched on just yet. And it's definitely worth an episode all to itself because it is something (laughs) that um, a lot of people uh, look outside for solutions and yet yeah. so much can be coming from the inside from themselves and they need assistance to to mediate and facilitate that experience to help them open up and and dig a little deeper and find out what that mental emotional block has been that may have been holding them back from having their most exceptional and most wonderful life mm, absolutely absolutely so Knowing yourself in that sense, connecting with yourself, forgiveness are two absolute non-negotiable key elements to being an empowered woman. The other one with that, which I say is my third and I absolutely love it, is speaking the truth and having the strength to say yes and no and nothing in between. They are complete answers. Yes and no are complete answers. And this to me comes back to integrity. And we don't honour that enough. And yes or no, unapologetically as well, isn't it? Because how, sure. how often uh, we tend to say, no, but, oh, sorry, and, you know, and then lay on this big, long sort of scenario excuse yeah. and apology. What a waste of energy. And yet when, and, yeah. And obviously loving kindness and compassion and non-judgment. I mean, you can say the three other this is part of the same, the same part of integrity really because we can't be judging ourselves for this. It's honouring ourselves and honouring what we feel is right, what is in alignment with us, which keeps us congruent with who we are when we say yes and when we say no. And we shouldn't have to make excuses for that. We shouldn't have to justify that either. And that's that's one thing that I find. There's, you know, self-depreciation, but the justifying is something I see a lot. You know, when you get text messages or emails or on the phone and often people actually can't handle saying yes or no in person, especially no, usually. That's what text messaging came along for. <laughs> Isn't, oh, shame, shame, shame. I think uh, women marshal themselves far too often uh, at their own expense, obviously. Um, and Elise, that is fantastic. I love those three tips. So for all of our listeners out there, these are the three things that you're going to start to incorporate into your everyday life now. This is how you can really get in touch with that divine feminine part of you and really help you to move into this beautiful age and shift that we're experiencing at the moment. And so to recap, those three things are really getting in touch with your body and your, well, your soul really as well. Uh, learning the big F word or (laughs) learning how to forgive for your own benefit. And that's a real toughie for so many women because we can be pretty bloody stubborn sometimes as well, Uh, but it's to our own disservice. And finally, having that integrity um, to really honour ourselves and say yes or no when it serves us. And, you know, I'm going to add on there, we should never do anything out of obligation so absolutely, if, absolutely. If it's that's some, not incongruent, is it? Absolutely. Elise, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for enlightening us on uh, some of these incredible juicy topics. Uh, where can our listeners find out more about you? My absolute pleasure, ladies. You can contact me on stellamuse.com and that's Stella with an A. 
Beautiful. Elise, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, and for all of you listeners out there, check out Lee, check her out on Facebook as well. She also does regular pieces in Elephant Journal. I know I'm a, a regular reader of that and I love what it's all about. Uh, we hope you have enjoyed this day as much as we have. You can find us on Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Women or on our website, thewellnesswomen.com.au. Uh, and we can't wait for you to join us next week until then be well this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.